I'll often ask myself when I'm at a big marketing conference, how much of this stuff is going to be reality a year from now? And how much of this is going to be rhetoric? How much of this is going to be hype? In this pre-inbound 2017 special, I take a look back at the year gone by and we analyze some of the biggest predictions made at inbound 2016 and what actually came to fruition and what was hype. Plus, I share my survival guide on making the most out of inbound 2017 from what stuff you should bring to tips and hacks for all your sessions. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to another episode of Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, joining you for episode number 74. I hope you're well from wherever you may be tuning into the show. Okay, there are precisely three very short weeks until Inbound 2017, which possibly is the best marketing conference you could visit in the entire world. Now, I know HubSpot, the organizers of the conference, probably won't like me calling it a conference. They want to call it an event, but how else do I describe it to someone who's never heard of it? It's a conference, it's an event, it's it's all those things, right? Now, for my fellow Aussies, we don't have an event that comes even remotely close to inbound as far as speakers, expertise, um, you know, the cutting edge of marketing. I mean, if you really, really want a truly cutting edge marketing event, unfortunately, you'll have to pack your bags and head on over to an event like Inbound. So what is Inbound? It is one of the biggest marketing events in the world. And last year they had, I think, well, 19,000 people. Every year keeps on getting bigger and bigger. I think the year before it was 17 or 15, something like that. It's organized by HubSpot, as I mentioned, but I swear if you were in the Marketo camp or Active Campaign Camp or Infusionsoft Camp or whatever software you may be using, or even if you're not using any marketing automation software, it would make zero difference. I think most of the people that come to this thing are not even HubSpot customers or users. In terms of content, in terms of what you can expect, I like to think of it as an event with three distinct themes. Firstly, strategy in future. Right, so from a strategy point of view, um, from a from a future point of view, what what's cutting edge? What's making waves? What will be making waves? Like artificial intelligence and how it applies to your marketing, emerging technologies, um, but also things like leadership as well, like how you lead teams and how you deal with the growing challenges of growing businesses, um, and of course sales strategies as well. So that that's strategy in future. I like to bundle it all into that. Then you've got the tactical and how to. Now, this is like the how-to, like the nitty-gritty, the operational stuff, right? So, you know, how to craft an amazing Facebook offer, um, video marketing, how to create a video marketing strategy, and again, I guess more tactical sales techniques. On, on I saw one um, talk, I think that's going to be featured this year, on uh, how to cold cl- close sales on a phone call, something like that. Um, and then there's the inspirational and mindset stuff. Now, this was the stuff I was most skeptical about. I mean, I don't need to travel halfway around the world to get motivated, or so, or, or so I thought rather. But man, it's it's really like once you get there, it's it's stuff you didn't realize you needed. 
And it's it's a lot of the high level stuff, and that's why they've got people like, for, I mean, this is just a huge name, Michelle Obama. She will be opening one of the days. Uh, John Cena, the wrestler slash actor, and I say it in that order, wrestler slash actor, he'll be there as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, like like I said last year, like that Serena Williams last year, um, I wouldn't go just to see some of these people, but the fact they are there makes it even better and I really think it takes it to the next level because at the end of the day we're human and we need to be motivated or be you know kicked up the behind sometimes so it's all well and good the only bad part of this is is that there are so there is so much darn stuff on at the exact same time so they'll often have these you know opening sessions or closing sessions where they have everyone packed in the halls but then during the day there are all these sessions running at the exact same time and you almost always have to make a compromise. I can guarantee it. So I had to pick my sessions today, right? They were released, the sessions were, um, so if you've already got a ticket and you haven't booked your sessions, get in on that and book your sessions. And if you wanna see my schedule, right, just so you can see an example of uh, what I've booked, I've shared a screenshot, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP74, that's EP74. You can check out all the stuff that I, um, I guess I've booked. Man, and like I had stuff like, okay, I'll read out a couple for you. Um, Stop waiting and start writing. How books can grow your business. It's something I've been looking at myself. It's very tactical. It's very operational. Um, It's something that's important to me in the the following years. So I want to check that out. Um, How to win new customers using artificial intelligence. Uh, The top 10 Facebook and Twitter content promotion hacks of 2017. That one's by Larry Kim. Um, This one's by Mark Sheridan. Built to last. How to make an inbound culture. How to make an inbound culture and uh, truly be great for the future, um, so on and so forth, right? So there's all these sessions and you can check that out. So having said that, here are my tips on surviving inbound 2017 and making it as successful as possible for you. Tip number one, plan for the sessions you'll miss. So like I said, I had to do my sessions this morning and one session in particular, like the 10.30 on the Tuesday, I don't know what it is, but there was like seven sessions I wanted to listen to at the exact same time. So the one I opted for was the one by George B. Thomas and there's no way on earth I was going to miss that. And that was seven habits of highly effective HubSpotters, tips, tricks and super hacks. But man, that spot, seriously, like they had Brian Solis, who I have been wanting to see for years. Um, there was a whole bunch of stuff. So there is no way you're going to get to everything. Also, you may not make the right call. I remember last year there was two or three sessions on at the same time and I, I picked one and I kind of regret it because they're not all great. I mean, most of them were fantastic. Most of them I walked out and I thought, man, I cannot wait to use this stuff. But some were real snoozers. So what do you do? in that case, right? Well, first things first, the the sessions that you do pick, try not to pick the ones that are the sexiest ones, the ones that seem kind of exciting. Think of the ones that are going to be most useful for your business in the next 12 months. And on the inbound side, when you actually book your sessions, you can uh, select all these different sessions. You can kind of bookmark them and they call them interests, right? So you can bookmark a whole bunch of sessions that are on at the exact same time and then pick the best of the bunch, right? Pick the one that you're definitely going to book your spot for. All the others, you can come back to later. You can even visit the dashboard where you book all your sessions even after the event is over. And I checked this today actually. I can still log into the 2016 uh, inbound 2016 app and see all my sessions from last year. So the idea is the sessions that you really want to see but you couldn't see, take a note of those or log into your dashboard later. And when HubSpot eventually releases 
the talk. So they will eventually release all the, I mean, most of the talks anyway. Um, you can hopefully go back and check out the ones you missed. And there is a very, very good chance you'll be able to see that on video. So that is tip number one. Plan for the sessions you'll miss. And be sure to note down the ones that you definitely thought you wanted to visit, but you couldn't for whatever reason, okay? Now, tip number two, download the event app. This app will save you an incredible amount of headache and will help you get to where you gotta get to, when you gotta get there. So you can view your entire schedule as well as see the entire agenda in case you wanted to change your mind last minute and jump into another kind of session. Keep in mind though, this happened last year. A lot of people um, didn't pre-register or pre-book their sessions. And unfortunately, you have to kind of jump on a waiting list if you don't do it in time or you know join a kind of overlap room and that isn't always fun. So always book your sessions in advance. If you do, you're really not gonna miss out. Um, there are also floor maps, so you know where you're going, where your rooms are. Um, definitely very, very handy. So they will release an app, no doubt. I haven't checked it out yet. It might already be there for inbound 2017. Tip number three, schedule, downtime, and skip sessions. Don't be too hard on yourself if you can't attend everything you booked. And be open to missing a session you booked should a great networking or a catch-up opportunity present itself. Sometimes the lessons in a conversation or the people you meet, you can learn so much more than watching someone speak. I mean, last year, one of my highlights of last year, George B, if you're listening, you have to know that one of my highlights was catching up with you in the food truck area, chowing down on a couple of pizzas, just just talking anything, right? Just marketing, life, anything. So honestly, that was one of the highlights for me. You don't, you, you sometimes don't know who you'll bump into or who you'll miss or the conversations you'll have. So don't put put too much pressure on yourself. You need to give your mind some breathing space. And, and um, if the opportunity presents itself to network and don't put too much pressure on yourself to network, then take it, man. Just go for it. Tip number four, be a nerd and sit at the front. It is common knowledge that people who sit in front ask more questions and are less distracted. That stands for high school, university, and it stands for inbound 2017 as well. If you can get there early, um, and if you're like me, you get distracted by the drop of a hat, then you know do yourself a favor and try to get there as early as possible. You're also likely to bump into other early birds, so don't be afraid to ask them where they're from and and you know, what they're doing and, and their roles and whatnot if you have time before a session. Tip number five, batteries and SIM cards. Sure, there are power banks, right? And this is more obviously more of a like a technical, tactical kind of tip. There are power banks where you can charge your phone if you run out, but you kind of have to, you know, put them, they're kind of few and far in between and sometimes they're all booked, everyone's taken them and yes, it's all safe, you kind of leave your phone there. Um, but that's not very convenient. My tip, and I learned this from last year, is buy two power banks, right? Have one full one and have you know another full one on you at any given time. The one I have recharges my phone two and a half times over. Don't skimp on the cheap ones, right? Having plenty of power means you you won't skimp on tweeting or sharing or um, you know your app or if you need to catch an Uber or whatever. Uh, definitely, definitely do that. And this is more for the international uh, visitors to Inbound. If you're from America, you're not going to have to worry about this. But buy a data-only SIM card, right? So I kind of made the mistake. I, I heard that Wi-Fi was going to be everywhere, and I didn't buy a SIM card until uh, Inbound was over, and I went to New York. Um, but yeah, it, sometimes it's sketchy, and you can't get Wi-Fi everywhere. So as soon as you land, 
Um, get a data-only uh, SIM card. I've got one from T-Mobile. I'm sure there's a bunch of others. And um, you will save yourself a wealth of trouble. Um, my wife asked me today, why don't I get global roaming? And I thought, look, I'm on a conference. I'm going to be in another time zone. The last thing I want is people calling me at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. So my advice would be, look, you're going there. You're going there to kind of feed your mind and your brain. If you can avoid ro roaming, then don't get roaming. Just get data so at least you have you know, one foot plugged in. That's my advice anyway. Okay, speaking of inbound, I wanted to talk about inbound 2016. One year on, well, it's not exactly one year on because last year it was in November. One year on, what was rhetoric versus reality, right? So what was hype and what actually did happen? I want to talk about some of the high-level themes and there's a few fundamental things, of course, that will not change. They're not going to reverse. For example, um, in Brian Halligan, so one of the founders of Hub HubSpot, he spoke about the idea that supply in most industries now exceeds demand. And that's not going to change. And a few other things he said is prospects used to look at one piece of content before they made a decision. Now they're looking at four to five. Um, they used to have, you know, four to five competitors. Now we have for sort of 14 to 15 competitors. That's not going to change. The other thing he spoke about was we've gone back to the era of silent video. Now that's just a clever way of saying, you know, most videos are not viewed with audio. And this is particular on certain channels versus others. So on Facebook, 95% of videos are viewed without sound. What does that mean? Means have subtitles on the darn things. A year on out, I think this is more crucial than ever to the point where honestly, it is one of my big checklist items whenever we create a video for a client. It's like forgetting to turn on the microphone as far as I'm concerned. If most of the videos on certain mediums are not going to be watched with audio, seriously, you, you might as well record the thing with no audio to begin with. It's absolutely crucial. So I've taken that and I've actually extended that on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn video, as if you know, you're know you a fan of the show or you're a fan of digital marketing, you'll know LinkedIn video recently came out. I spoke about it. I did a couple last couple of weeks. And what I've been doing with LinkedIn videos is burning in subtitles. So a burning subtitle is when you create a video and the subtitle is just burned in. So it's part of the video. You can't turn it on or turn it off. It's part of the actual video. On LinkedIn, that's important because you don't have the option to turn on subtitles or turn off subtitles. And I've done a few tests. I've kind of observed with, few, uh, with uh, a couple of early adopters and I've noticed the ones with subtitles by far get a lot more engagement. I mean, even if they turn on the sound first, the subtitles get them interested, right? So it behoves you now when you in the, at the start of the video to talk about something interesting, get straight to it and that will kind of push people to turn on the audio and listen to the rest of it. And I've got a tip on, on that a little bit later. So burning your subtitles. I did that with the two LinkedIn videos I did recently and they both had over 50 likes and a lot of engagement. And understand how subtitles work on different mediums. Facebook automatically turns on subtitles. YouTube, people can turn them on or turn them off and that's okay because on YouTube, people are going to consume the videos. The engagement rates on YouTube are a lot higher. People watch videos on YouTube for a lot longer. That's the context they're there for. Um, and they're generally aware on turning the subtitles on and off. So it's not such a big problem to burn in subtitles. But think about where you're going to have the video. If you're going to have the video on your homepage 
or somewhere where it's not on the YouTube medium and you've used the YouTube embed code, then think about burning in the subtitles because people aren't going to go out of their ways to turn them on. Okay, so let's talk about what has changed. Last year, Brian spoke about the idea that people don't care, care for high production video, right? They prefer raw, live, and authentic. And I think that still remains true, but there are a few changes I'm noticing a year on. I believe we're less accepting of raw videos from brands, both in the B2C and B2B world. I cannot go a day without seeing someone on an iPhone, like an iPhone or Samsung selfie style video uh, in their hand, and I don't want to watch it. I mean, I, it's not as novel as it used to be, you know, it's just going to be someone talking about, I don't know, their experiences and um I don't know, it kind of almost self seems a little bit pompous, doesn't it? Like, if you're not an influencer, in 2018, you know, you, we're going to 2018 very, very soon, unless you're an actual influencer, you need to make a little bit more effort with your videos now, right? There's, there's too much raw and authentic, you know, quote-unquote raw and authentic style video, and I think because of that, it's losing its efficacy. Now, I'm not saying go out and buy a bunch of expensive crap, but we need to make a little bit more effort with our videos. Get a tripod for example, use a steady cam. get someone else to shoot your videos, have some structure. And I spoke about before, uh, you only have a couple of seconds with video, particularly these days, before they lose interest. So don't waste it with a big cover, you know, like an opening title slide and a brand jingle that runs for 10 or 12 seconds. Jump straight into it and give the viewer the value that they want right away. Tell them what you're gonna talk about, tell them what they're gonna walk away with. And treat every video as an opportunity. Now that doesn't mean a sales opportunity. You know, that video might be a decision stage video where it's actually reviewing a product or a service that you do, then sure, if it's a decision stage video that is closer to the bottom of the, 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 the decision-making process or the final, then yeah, give them the call to action of buying or getting in contact. But if it's a, a high-level video, top of funnel video, then have a call to action. It might be subscribing to check out your other videos. It might be visiting a case study, whatever it might be. And make sure those ca those call to actions are both audible, so you're you're saying them, and also on screen. It's important to have both. And if you want more, honestly, like boss tips on video, you have to check out episode 60 with the Amy Schmitauer. She's an absolute legend. If you haven't heard of her. She's the authority you need to listen to if you want to create videos that actually cut through and make a difference. Last thing I want to say in terms of video is for all of Facebook Live's hype and glory, we have to remember it has a time and place for things. Facebook video typically doesn't get that much engagement. Most Facebook videos only have an average second count of you know four, five, six, ten seconds. People aren't watching those as much as they're watching YouTube. So I'm not saying forget about Facebook Live. We still have clients where we're doing Facebook Live shows for, um, but there is a strategy with those. Those videos often on Facebook Live need to be re-promoted or embedded somewhere or sent via an email. You need to do something with them after the fact. I guess the point I'm trying to make is don't forget YouTube. Like I said, people when they go on YouTube, they are there uh, to watch a video, they are there to consume a video, they're more likely um, going to stay on your video before they kind of jump off. So 
That's a point I want to make that I don't think we should forget about. The other thing to remember, and I'll talk a little bit more about this later, is um, YouTube and Google are one of the same for all intents and purposes, right? Google owns YouTube. So when someone watches your YouTube video, you can remarket to them with another video. You can remarket to someone who watches your YouTube video with a display ad because it's part of the same network. You simply can't do that with Facebook. Not necessarily a bad thing, but just think about the legs YouTube has on Google's network. Another thing that I think isn't as strong as it was last year that was mentioned by a few different speakers is Medium. So Medium is a network. It's a it's like a blogging network where you can go and post something up. And I'm not going to say Medium is dead, but I haven't heard anything of note from that particular camp in a very, very, very long time. And I don't really think they've improved or updated their network for a while. So again, I don't think it's dead, but I don't think um, it is a channel where there's gonna be a lot of growth for a lot of brands anyway. Maybe for influencers, there's still something there, but not for a lot of brands. Facebook ads. Now, they haven't diminished. They're still incredibly powerful and they will be for some time to come, right? We're getting a lot of value for clients. We're getting uh, a lot of clients are using it for both top of funnel and bottom of funnel offers it is still working but adwords is definitely bringing the sexy pack and has brought and continues to bring in um, some incredible features i spoke a couple episodes about in market audiences and this thing does not stop amazing me how in my in market audiences work is say you're running a display campaign you can target that your display campaign to someone who's in market for your particular product or service. Now, it doesn't cover every industry on earth, but it covers a lot of industries. So it is something you should definitely check out or ask your agency to check out. Do we have an in-market audience that uh, is in our particular industry? Can we go after them, right? Some other things. I spoke also a few episodes ago about the ability to survey people. You can send out surveys that cost you a couple of cents per submission, um, people who bought something and also people who didn't buy something. You can actually survey those people and get some market research. Definitely have a look at what's coming out of the Google camp and also check out episode 67, redpandas.com.au forward slash 67 if you want to catch some of the big mid-year changes that I spoke about in regards to Google AdWords. All right, okay. Damesh also spoke last year about the fact that 80% of time is spent in apps on smartphones, right? 80% of the time that people spend on smartphones is spent on apps. And most of this is in messaging apps. And you know, you're looking at like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. This is an area that I believe continues to grow and this is a trend and prediction that was definitely spot on. Now it's not like you can run a bunch of ads for, I don't know, WhatsApp and please God do not bring that to WhatsApp. Um, but you know, be there, like particularly Facebook Messenger. Facebook it continues to invest a lot of time and money in its Messenger app. And when you often visit a page, it will automatically pop up the message tab. So be there, be responsive. And the more responsive you'll be, the more Facebook is going to push out that you're available via Facebook messages. That is an area you need to look at. Bots. There was a whole hoo-ha about bots last year and that discussion, that development is at fever pitch now in 2017. That has not slowed down at all. Uh, Intercom, the, the website live chat service, recently released Operator, which actually from a, think of this, right, a chat bot that actually goes and searches your website to find answers to questions people are asking it. Now, when live chat came out, 
when it started hitting the rounds, people said they don't use it, they don't want to use it, it's annoying, but people do use it. People want to find the path to least resistance, and that is why bots are going to kill it. The implication for us may not necessarily be to go develop your own expensive bot, but look at uh, applications and software like Intercom and keep an eye out as bot technology develops and there is more and more applications for our businesses. Um, Google Analytics as well. Google Analytics is, I think it's in beta, it's slowly being released, um, has an intelligence feature where you can jump into analytics and ask it questions in a human language, like how are we going for sales this month compared to last month? Almost like a Siri kind of like scenario and it will give you back some answers. So I can't wait to see what bot developments are going to be discussed this year and I'll be sure to share all of those with you uh, in future episodes when we do wrap-ups of Inbound 2017. Now, another area that probably had as much fanfare as bots but didn't really kind of develop into anything uh, application-worthy um, was virtual reality. Now, there was a huge buzz around virtual reality last year at Inbound as well that it's going to be huge, it's going to change the game. But a year on, in terms of application for most businesses, I'm not really seeing it. There hasn't really been a lot there in the way of uh, technology um, that will allow you to create virtual reality experiences. Sure, for events and you know for expos, exhibitions, that sort of thing, um, VR is great. It's a bit of a novel factor, but I don't think it's kind of hit its stride yet in terms of application for businesses and its ability to close the gap from consumers' query and pushing them down the buyer's journey uh, like bots are doing, it's not quite there yet. So it remains to be seen what kind of mainstream technology will allow businesses to harness the power of VR, um, but it's not there yet. I mean, it's something we'll just have to wait and see. So that's it. That's my pre-inbound special. Hopefully, I get to see as many of you as possible at inbound, whoever's attending. So please hit me up at Moby Sadiq on Twitter or Moby at redpandas.com.au. A whole bunch of us caught up last year and I would love to catch up with you if you are attending this year. And if you're not attending, then definitely tune in every single day of the conference. So the conference is running September 25th to the 28th. I'll be doing daily pop-up inbound buzz episodes. Last year, we did these kind of quick summaries of the day, as well as interviewing a couple of marketing experts from the conference. So I can't wait to do it this year. And I have a couple of surprises up my sleeve that um, I'm sure you'll enjoy once I share them. Okay, guys, thank you once again for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead, and I'll join you next time for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.